welcome to episode 22 of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. Joining me this week is nobody, uh, because I've not had any volunteers to guest for the last two weeks, uh, which just, I think, probably shows that interest is declining and I either need to stop doing this or mix it up a little bit. But, you know, anyway, I thought I would do one for the sake of the league record, if nothing else. So, um, yeah, you're just going to listen to me talk for a little while, which will be deadly dull for absolutely everybody, I'm certain. But, um, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. I think all I'm going to do this week is just kind of touch in on where the league's teams have done over the last two weeks, rather than sticking to the normal format, uh, because listening to me talk about what I have loved to see and the things that have killed me uh, over the last two weeks is largely the Niners losing and uh, that's about it that's just been um, devastating those those two losses to teams that I consider to be significantly inferior to the Niners and there are a bunch of reasons why they lost but ultimately performances have not been good and I am not very happy about it um, because as I said earlier on podcast I'm way too invested in this Niners season and uh, that sucks uh, anyway uh, on to other matters so just going to run down where we are in the league so far this season um We've obviously talked in previous podcasts about what the records are, but uh, starting at the top, we have really kind of runaway leaders at the moment uh, in terms of the league standings. We've got two teams on 13 and one records. We have um, Kyle, last season's champion, and we have the Ballings duo. And these guys really just completely are steamrolling in the league at the moment. Uh, the only difference really is that Kyle did lose a week six head-to-head, a real slobber knocker between the two teams. Um, that game was 201 to 208. So really, really very close in terms of the scoring and it really could have gone either way. Um, but Kyle did get the Jackie B uh, and he remains on top of the league uh, on that basis because he has scored about a hundred more points than, um, the, uh, than, than um, the Ballings duo have. So, uh, in fact, it's 300 more points. I'm looking at the wrong column here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle's team is is, is absolutely incredible. Um, he's had Kamara come back over the recent weeks, and he's come back and scored an absolute ton of points, um, largely because Derek Carr, uh, you can tell he's hampered, um, and he's, he's thrown a lot of checkdowns to Kamara. But that's kind of in Kamara's entire career. He's very, very good operating in and around the line of scrimmage. Um, and he's come back, and he's he's doing what he does and he's racking up a ton of points for Kyle I know he's one of Kyle's favorite all-time players um and he's obviously added AJ Brown through the trade with me and he has been absolutely balling out for the last couple of weeks so things in that sense look really great for Kyle he has got some injuries creeping in um I don't think overall it hampers his kind of prospects but He's got four or five players injured right now, and I know he wants me to add some IR spots. Um, I'm not going to do that this season. Obviously, you don't make changes like that mid-season, uh, but we can talk about it in the off-season. I think with us adding the additional defensive players, it probably makes sense. I've got other leagues where there's four IR spots, and um, we've obviously had other IR spot controversy uh, this season, which I won't go into. Um, but yeah, let's let's add a couple in the off-season, but I'm not adding any now. Uh, and we'll just see how Kyle gets on with those injuries. Um, for the Ballins duo, it's the stellar play from Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins, um, plus really, really reliable week-on-week um, wide receiver play from Michael Pittman, George Pickens, and our guy, 
uh, Mike Evans every time that is sustaining their title charge. They've just got such a great baseline every week um, between all of those players. And then whatever they get on top of that just kind of boosts up their their scoring. So they, those two teams are looking just, just so good for the title right run right now. And um, it'll be hard to imagine uh, a, a kind of end of season where those two are not in the mix um you know almost they're almost playoff contend uh, playoff ready at this point in time um barring anything major happening to to any of their star players so uh, good performances there at the top of the league in the middle you got a real mess of teams you got uh, Jack Rawlins um and Steve on 7 and 7 Lamb on 6 and 8 and then Valen on 5 and 9 so it's it's really really congested in the middle uh, hard to separate those those four teams. Um, I think you know it's Valen can probably feel a little bit aggrieved that he is where he is with the the points against that he suffered. He's come up against uh, some really really strong performances um, to be five and nine versus kind of like you know being six and eight or seven and seven. So it's it's hard. Um, but he's had some really good performances recently from Jordan Addison, who stepped up in Justin Jefferson's absence and looks a real real fine for. Um, for the Vikings, who've already shown over recent seasons that they can sustain two fantasy-relevant uh, wide receivers. Um, and CMC just keeps on scoring. You know, despite the oblique injury, despite the Niners struggling more over the last couple of weeks, CMC just just keeps on scoring. And that might be part of the Niners' problem that they have become super reliant on those um, short plays in and around the line of scrimmage. But when CMC is doing what he does, then, you know, you look for that touchdown success. Um so, yeah, he will continue to um, sustain great point scoring for Valen. Um, for me, really, we've said it all season, but his gross tight ends are really going to cost him uh, a playoff spot if he's not careful. Uh, and uh, on that vein, can I interest you in Darren Waller? Um, yeah, come at me. Um, moving on to Steve. His team's cooled off a little bit. Um you know, it was it was really strong at the start of the season, and it's not not like a massive calling off, but like a you know kind of ten to fifteen points each week. Um, Etn and King Kenny have been really really elite for him, and it looks like kind of Drake London starting to emerge from the shadows in in uh, in Atlanta, uh, despite having Desmond Ritter as his quarterback, and Jameer Gibbs obviously had a great week this week in the absence of David Montgomery. Who knows what that means in terms of Jameer Gibbs's long-term, maybe not long-term, but season-long value. Um, I just I just don't know if he's sustainable, but he had a great week this week. And that kind of makes up for Josh Jacobs looking absolutely awful. Um, after being a complete fantasy star last season, he has been dreadful this season, as have the Raiders. Um, but I don't think it's just... A the rest of the team is rubbish and Josh Jacobs is still good. Jacobs is sub um, three yards per carry. He looks just physically slow. Um, I was surprised he didn't haul in that touchdown. It, it, I think he probably would have done last season. It looks to me like he's come in at shape. Um, he's had his big season and I just don't think he's he's on it this season. I, I think that the only thing that could go well for him is that Josh McDaniels gets fired and they bring in a uh, an interim coach who who kind of goes for the run game a little bit more heavily but um he's he's been a star last season for Steve and a complete albatross around his neck for him this season 
Uh, and Calvin Ridley has completely disappeared since the start of the season. Uh, he was brilliant first couple of games. Uh, looked looked like a, an absolute star for the Jags, which he has done in his previous time at Atlanta. But uh, last few weeks, he has gone AWOL. Um, talking about Jackie Rawlins, um, Puka Nakua and DeAndre Swift have been the stars of the season for him. Uh, really, Puka obviously coming from from nowhere, had a massive week again this week, despite Cooper Cup um, being being in the lineup. And then Swift has been great for him all season. Um, the only good thing that his uh, previous owner of his team did was was that trade in the offseason. Um, and then he had the big Lamar game this week. Um, you know, 41 points. Um, great, great game. And he is quietly, and I say quietly, and maybe I'm I'm not not seeing it, but quietly the QB four on the season. So if you continue to get that Lamar production, then uh Jackie Rawlings could find himself as a uh, you know, first season fantasy player in the playoffs, which is which is absolutely awesome. Um I did have a note in from a from a an unaffiliated listener on um on Jack's team actually, uh, a guy called Jake Mershison. I don't know. I, someone will have to work out the pronunciation for me. Anyway, um, he would like to point out that Jack's um, trade for uh, Trevor Lawrence with with Franco actually won him his his week six matchup versus what Brock Purdy would have done. So, you know, really great trade there for um, for Jackie Rawlins, and uh, we love to see that. We love to see it. Uh, moving on to the the last of the the middle ranks, we've got Ed Lamb, capable of a really big score as shown in week six. Um, but what he needs every week is he needs all of his big guys, and and that seems obvious to say, but his more so than anyone else, he absolutely needs twenty points plus from each of Mostert, Cup, Tyreek, and Kelsey uh, every week, because the points elsewhere are just really, really sparse. So if he gets a really big week from all four of those, he's got a great chance of winning. Um, if he doesn't, or, you know, one or two of them let him down, then he's going to lose. And, and that's kind of like how I see uh, Ed's team. It's the, it's the kind of stars and scrubs model. Um, so he's kind of, you know, he is the, the median, the, uh, the underside of the Vicky Mendoza diagonal. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, he can surprise anyone. And then, in the cellar, it's myself uh, and Franco, me at uh, three and eleven, Franco at two and twelve. Uh, the real difference here is the the week six win for me. In uh, we talked about the slobber knocker between um, Kyle and the Ballins duo. This was the real shit house matchup of the week. Uh, one eighty three to one eighty. I mean, we all knew Franco was coming in around the one seventy eight to one eighty mark. Um, so I just eked over that line. Um, and that the aforementioned listener, um, I think it's Jay Marchingtown, um, he would like me to point out that had Franco retained Trevor Lawrence, he actually would have won that matchup. Uh, but because he started Brock Purdy, he he lost it. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, sliding door situations there. Um, anyway, uh, looking at my team, I have got strangely now a massive over-reliance on Texans players having Stroud, Nico Collins and Damian Pierce. Uh, that was not by design. I, I do like all three players, but Pierce in particular has been crap this season. Um, but it's a good young core in my team. Um, I've had tough seasons really for Devonta Smith, who's, who's not producing this year. I think more the offense there than the talent. And then Chris Alave, who um, I'm on record as having loved, and I'm getting quite a lot of grief about it. Uh, I didn't even know that he got arrested this week for driving 70 in the 30. Um, but he's having a 
a bit of a down season. I mean, it's hard to say a down season when he's only two seasons in, but he's not getting the passes um, in the the depth he would like. He's he's a deep ball receiver, um, and because Derek Carr is clearly hampered, he's just not getting the passes that he needs to to be as productive as he could be. Still doing all right, but he's not. I think he could be in the wide receiver one territory, and at the moment, he's not there. Uh, and then Franco, I mean, looking at his roster, other than Jalen Hurts and Jamar Chase, who are obviously elite, he is down bad this season. Um, the rest of his roster is really, really not producing. And uh, to paraphrase Ludacris, he's looking for that number one pick uh, at the end of this season. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we are. Like I said, um, Kyle and Ballin's duo in the top two. Then you've got that middle rank of uh, Jake, Steve, Ed, Valen. And then uh, bringing up the rear very much so is myself and then Franco rooted to the bottom of the table. Um, it's, that, it's that middle, you know, you can't see the bottom two raising from the dead. You can't see the top two sliding away. So the the action for the rest of the season um, is really going to be in that middle band. And it will be interesting to see who can emerge. Uh, that's it. That's going to be it for me really this week. Uh, definitely won't be a podcast next week because I'm away. Uh, the hope is that the following week when we are away for Dawson's birthday, that I can do some, uh, some live interviews and capture some content whilst we're out in the, in the Welsh Hills. Um, and then maybe we can get a, a guest or two to, to actually do the podcast over the next uh, few weeks. But, uh, you know, if no one's interested, just let me know and I will uh, retire my podcast mic uh, permanently. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see where we go from here. Um, so until not next week, possibly the week after, but uh, you never know. Uh, let's ride.